Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to an episode of Through the Tech Vine. So be quiet, pay attention, and get inspired. There is one truth that is not told enough. Technology is not magic, but it can be magical. Technology is human. It is part of who we are, our evolution, our future. Will it be a dystopian or utopian one? Well, that is up to us and nobody else. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. too much coffee or the music was speeded up at the beginning Sean you know you're just now catching that uh, yeah my, uh, my masterful uh, video editing <laughs> ah. where, uh, you did it on purpose some, I had some really yeah had some really fun uh, moments of speeding up and slowing down things oh. I left that in there for you so it's this a, has been going on error. for how many my, my flawed uh, it's this has been going on for a few episodes now, and I yeah, just realized it. Yeah, much. Wow. Yeah, good it's morning. It's more noticeable than the, uh, wow. the outro. Everybody's going to be listening now for the outro. Well, now oh. that you know it's there, he's going to have to change it again so that next week is even crazy. He's going to glow it I have other edits to make as well, so oh. yeah, maybe, maybe I'll screw it around with it even more. You never know. You yeah. never know what is going to happen Technology. here. Technology. Yeah. Not the better of me. Technology. That's a problem. It was dystopian uh, edit there. <laughs> it was a utopian edit because right? it, it it made it a little. It was you made it your own, right? It's a little <laughs> creativity. He he plays this little trick. It's become like that <laughs> the ghost in the machine. We we don't know what he does. It's uh, very unexpected, but uh, he keeps things fun and keep us on our toes and uh today i'm gonna force him to introduce the guest he always says no you remember diana i don't know what's up with him but he's he's hard that way he's a rebel yeah, he's, he, he does not cooperative sometimes no energy <laughs> all around i like it <laughs> <laughs> who's this voice did you guys invite it someone yeah. i didn't somebody showed up let us know oh. come on sean all right, you know what? I'm going to do it this time. <laughs> yes. I'm honored Finally. and thrilled to not introduce the guest. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thrilled. Keenan Skelly, host of the Ooh. National Blast, uh, super star, rock star, blow shit up, uh, <laughs> all around amazing person, Keenan. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for that. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be so much fun because I've heard there are no rules on the show. No rules. And you know sure. I like, like rules. I hate rules. They're made to be broken. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a really good point. You need to know yeah. the rules in order to break them. That's right. Or you know, anarchy. Woohoo! Anarchy is the <laughs> best right. thing ever. I don't know how it got such a bad rap. 
I know. <laughs> ask uh, ask, sex, uh, ask sex Pistols. Exactly. Good. Yes. You just read my brain. They liked Anarchy, though. They wanted it for the UK. <laughs> exactly. They yeah. loved it. So yeah. see what they think about it. And uh, that was a good time, right? It Punk. Was... It, 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 not it so much for Sid and Nancy themselves, but... Yeah. No. <laughs> But, well, yeah. thanks, thanks for anyway. breaking the, the good news. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was still alive. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. <laughs> Do you need a minute? <laughs> okay. Who remembers from years, uh, just like about five years ago, one of the luxury car brands was introducing a new car and they wanted to use my way. And someone said to me that they couldn't, they didn't want to pay the, the price for the, the Frank Sinatra version. So they used the Sid Vicious version of My Way. And if you've ever heard it, parts that they cut out later were yet yeah, very four letter, really super offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe that they, that they they added that stuff out. But still, I was like, that's kind of a bold move. How did that go from a branding perspective? <laughs> who, who was the, the, the car maker anyway? I, I didn't know that. I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm thinking it might have been ad, ad. I don't remember who it was. I do remember that it was a Christmas time. So it was like it ran all the time, December, January. And every time I could hear the rest of the song in my head. Uh, but, <laughs> but I think then they gave up. I think that it, it, it went through the holiday season and then they just they gave up. Right. Yeah, I feel like the holidays is also the worst time to try something like that, right? <laughs> everybody's doing these warm, like the Lexus commercials crack me up, but they're just, everybody's enjoying yeah. nice hot chocolate inside and the snow is perfect. And hey, honey, I bought you a Lexus. <laughs> really? Red, red ribbon. Red ribbon on it. <laughs> it, it was the 2015 Acura TLX. Oh, I, I was about to announce it. I, I, I found it too. Not yep. the yeah. Punk yeah. music being used in luxury car commercial. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. How did that go? Okay. But yeah, to, to Keenan's point, there's actually this funny um, SNL thing where the, the Beck Bennett is this guy who's like lost his job and there's no money, but he does the, the giant red bow car and his wife gets out there and sees and it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't even ask me? I saw that one. That was a really good one. It sounds one. like a Timberlake uh, skit. Oh, yeah. we, we can't go there on this show. I almost, <laughs> I almost just said it out loud and said it. We try to make a kid friendly, although I'm sure they watch Saturday Night Live. So that's, and that was a song that honestly was all over the place. It was really funny. <laughs> It was it's, really fun. It's everlasting. I like how it's made it yeah. through many, many years, many Christmases, many holidays. Yes. And it's still, yeah. it still just stands out. It's a tradition. Yeah. It's become it, a tradition. It, like It's uh, a classic. It's a, it's a classic. <laughs> All right. Well, talking about classic, um, the show today, it's a, uh, we have a guest. I'm excited when Destined we have a guest. to be a classic, Marco. It is destined to be a classic. Uh, you know, I, I like when when we have um, guests because we bring a different perspective. And I, I think Sean and Diana and myself, we, we 
we've already done 23, and I apologize on all over the web. I, I put 22. I, I think I skipped it. Harking back to one of the first episodes where I asked you if you're going to keep track of this properly. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I, obviously, I didn't. I was too excited about having a guest and not be the only kid. Your counting skills are right up there with my video editing skills. <laughs> this is why Sean tortures you. This is why Sean tortures you with the music. This is why. That's right. I know. Well, this is going to be a little bit about music. I don't know. Uh, the people that cannot uh, see these because they're listening to the podcast, as we are recording live on social media, we have nicknames here kind of to tease the news that we're bringing. And mine is Regency TR1, which it has to do with music. For those of you that don't know what it is, you'll figure it out. Sean, I don't know, man. Trochoid. It sounds like some new drug. Music to my ears. Music to my ears. Man. All right. Trochoid. Well, I'm curious to know what this is. And then we have Glia with Diana. And Keenan is going to talk about herself. Keenan Skelly is bringing in news about Keenan's very new tech. Yeah. As she should, because she is yeah. the news. She is the news right yeah. now. She's the guest. Exactly. Exactly. Keenan, what's going on? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, just to introduce to the uh, through the TechVine uh, audience, what are you up to? So, hey, everybody. Um, I'm the crazy one that, uh, <laughs> that always gets edited <laughs> on ITSB. Keenan redacted Skilly. Redacted. I'm <laughs> my middle name. Thank you. Well, now, wait a second. See, I don't, I, what are you doing that's getting a redacted? I, was, is there anything off limits at IDSP? <laughs> well, I tend to challenge on, on my podcast, The National Blast, I tend to challenge governments and big companies and ideas and really okay. institutional things. So sometimes it can get a little bit hectic. And sometimes there can be, you know, a lot of feelings. We all have feelings. Sure. Sure. Legislation yeah. and cyber. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's a blast. It's the national blast. It is a blast. Yeah. No, you, you, you so have to blast, us. The Apple loves it. They love hey! it. <laughs> Yay! And beyond that, uh, I'm also the CEO of a company called Shadowbyte. We do threat intelligence. Um, mm. I have a crazy, crazy life, though. I, um, I started my life out as a bomb technician in the United States Army. Great job. You get to blow stuff up and hang out with the president. And they're totally cool with that. So, I mean, hey. Nice. Wow. Very I, I was. From there, the name of the show, right? Yes. Kind of. Ah, yes. yeah. Yes. All right. Talk everything. All of my companies, everything that I've ever, you know, kind of worked on that's my own project has some element of explosives in it. And I, I <laughs> love that because it brings, brings very true to, uh, you know, my entire life, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, growing up, Musician, love music, love music, lots of instruments. Um, actually sang at the Cotton Club when I was wow. really, really young, but on the front stage, like to draw people in, which was still cool. I mean, it's the Cotton Club. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> How many times have you been performing at the Cotton Club, Marco? I can't, I, I lost count. I, I, I use cotton quite a bit. <laughs> Um, I'm wearing I'm wearing cotton. I'm wearing cotton exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but come on, who has not heard no, of Keenan. the medical cotton club? Come on. Keenan, yep. 
And then, wow, I, I there's so many stories I could tell that would be just interesting right now. But go for uh, it. Yeah, getting out of the military, I went to go work for DHS. I was employee number 500, which I'm so proud of um, because that's just cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Employee 500. That's amazing. Like your badge said 500 on it. Yeah. That's awesome. Don't tell them I still have that badge. Um, okay. Uh -oh. It's our secret. <laughs> They're they're counting like 499, 501. <laughs> we're, we're having a 500. Where is Keenan? Where is 500? And that was just great. Uh, I got to run a program that did, you know, vulnerability assessments on critical infrastructure. And we did like all the fun stuff, the nuclear power plants and chemical and information security. And it was really... Um, really a good time. I, I, I loved having a team of people that I could take around mm. the country and break into nuclear power plants with. I mean, who doesn't want that job? <laughs> so, um, but while we were doing that, like, uh, you know, one of the biggest issues that we saw across the board in any kind of critical infrastructure was information security. And at the time I, I was, you know, running this program and uh, very skilled in physical security and personnel security and some information security, but it really drove me mad that we didn't have anything that we could give to the owners and operators to really, you know, help them get better. We had grant funding that we could give to police departments or, you know, hospitals or fire departments if they had to respond, but we didn't have anything to give the owners and operators. And that's still true today. So I went back to school, spent a little bit more time with information security, spent a little bit more time paying attention to cybersecurity and uh, and came back as a, a, a young uh, startup queen and <laughs> and trying to uh, work with small companies to figure out how do we change that? How do we change that gap? And yeah, so that's some fun stuff. Also, more importantly, I make the most amazing cakes that have ever been made. Ooh. Um, so that's really cool. You can check that out on Instagram. I can't confirm that. I can't. That <laughs> is a huge bummer. That's Candy Glazer. It's art. It's absolute art. I also oh. smoke the best meat in the world. And all y'all hackers out there, I know you're going to come at me. Come at me. Come at me. All right. So yeah, that's the... What's, okay, okay. I have a question. What's up with the hackers community and smoking meat? Because I can, I can probably name three or four that I see on Twitter all the it's time. A thing. It's a thing, what, yeah. What's the thing? How, how do you think that happened? Is it a challenge in each other? Do you agree to all get into this or just happen to be part of? I think it's you? part of who we are. Right? <laughs> perfecting food, perfecting meats. I, th I think you'll notice a lot of people in tech are also into you know cooking shows and, and this and this, mm. all dealing with my, food. My news is going to make everybody squirm. Mm. Okay. 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 You know, I want to do a podcast on the audio I, I signal. I might let you do one. Yeah. <laughs> on the audio signal, because you need to know, and I, I'm taking this stage a moment to say that audio signals is breaking from ITSP magazine and it become this creative venture that Sean and I are going to talk about whatever come in our head, whatever is interesting us, even if it's not technology or society or cybersecurity. So, you know, we may end up talking about food because Sean loves food and travel and all of this. So I'm thinking, Keenan, maybe we invite 
those three or four of you or even more that want to talk about smoking meat or chef cooking and stuff that'd be kind of fun absolutely i'm making a mental note for that i've got in my head at least 10 people that i know of we can oh my god we can have a smoke off (laughs) oh there you go cool well when the time comes that we can hang out safely together maybe we we should just do that like literally <laughs> the challenge uh, Moscone West Moscone that's West. it no that we're getting sponsored by RSA conference you're right that. you're right on it yeah I think that's it February in RSA there's <laughs> gonna be a smoke off led by Keenan I love it oh my gosh that's right in the park in the back of Moscone I'm sure no, in, okay. the, in the lobby yeah. oh in the lobby okay yeah, yeah sure. and then we can give Still all the amazing smoked food to the guests who are starving and can never <laughs> actually get where there's food <laughs> so they can do a drive-by and get like ribs right oh, you know <laughs> okay we're scaring everybody right now at, at the Moscone uh, <laughs> sorry no maybe we're not gonna do it or maybe we will <laughs> Who knows? We'll see. Credentials revoked. We'll see. No more press pass for us. ITSP smoke off. You got (laughs) to Come on. How can you not now? That's going to be a blast. Right, Keenan? It's going to be a blast. All right. Well, great stories. And I think you could talk about a lot of this adventure that, that you had, but the show is about tech news. And either you have one or not, I'm sure that you will have your opinion on the one that we we brought up. So as usual, as per tradition, Diana, you go. Okay. So have you, this is going to be sort of a new discovery that will lead hopefully to better technology, but the tech hasn't been developed yet but the discovery, so we're sort of on the the beginning edge of of what's going on with the tech. Um, And it goes to pain. So have you ever like woken up uh, with like a crick in your neck or an ache in your back or something like that? Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm old, so yeah. Yeah, or or if you sleep with dogs and cats, right? It may well be that like you wake up sandwiched in And your spine is shaped like a dog or a cat. That too. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So that's that's like just sort of brief pain. And as we get up and go through the day, it, it wears off. But people who have chronic pain, it doesn't go away. You know, it goes on ad infinitum. And there are some folks, if you remember John Sarno's book way back in the 90s about back pain, you know, he contends that 100% of it is repressed emotion and anger or sorrow. You can't really measure pain. So if you're in chronic pain, you go to your doctor, there's a really good chance that the doctor says that maybe it's all in your head or you're imagining it. And when you try and address the pain, there's really no way to measure if it's getting you know, better or not, right? It's all qualitative. And again, some people think that maybe it's just their people are making it up or they're, they're exacerbating, you know, they're, they're talking it up and doctors are then are sometimes making it worse in some ways for people because they don't take it as seriously as they could. So this discovery is about how pain actually gets transmitted. And it's these uh, nervous system cells called glia. 
and glia were first discovered way way back in the 1800s but scientists just thought that they were glue because the word actually is derived from the greek word for glue and they thought that the glia just glued the neurons together and made sure our neurons were connected and that was it and then they found out that they were doing some different things but recently the glia has been discovered to actually be our pain, like the in charge of like the model view controller for our pain. So they're directing the pain. So when your dog is pushing you funny at night or your cat is, the glia tells you you're in pain to wake you up so that you can go, hey, I need to readjust both of us so we can both be comfortable instead of me having this terrible crick in my back. But when it's when it's related to chronic pain, what happens is the glia just get into basically this like loop and it just goes on and on and on even when there's not actual pain occurring <clears throat> the glia keeps sending this signal again and again and again and at what causes the dysfunction we don't know yet um, it can be triggered by an injury but sometimes it may just be something inflammatory it's not entirely clear what's causing it but the big thing here is that now we do know that it is the glia and that it's the glia dysfunctioning. So it's not in somebody's head. It's not um, just a repressed memory <laughs> or you know, like, oh, I hated, I hated you know, this, this person when I was in second grade and that's why my back hurts now. Uh, but it's, it's actually these nervous system cells that have gone into hyperdrive. So no tech has been discovered yet, but I was actually really excited to read that because I know I have no friends that have, ha that have chronic pain and suffer with it and have a real hard time getting people to take them seriously. So I was really excited to know that at least we've identified that it's, a, it's, it's physical and it's the cells firing again and again. Now we have to figure out how we can maybe quiet them, which is apparently not going to be easy because glia and neurons are so interconnected that if we target the glia, if we just say, shut up glia, because uh, you're, you're signaling too much with the pain, uh, then the neurons aren't working properly. So it's going to take some, some pretty clever tech, but at least we've got a step forward. And that was my, that's my news. That's the good news. That's really cool. As somebody who has, you know, like four titanium vertebrae, that sounds Ooh. magical. And I'd like to know more. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you if smoked meat would help the glia perform better. <laughs> well, obviously. Yes. It helps everybody perform. <laughs> so I guess that's that's the problem, right? Diana, if you if you stop that, then you stop this pain feelings that it's part of what alerts us all the time. So if you don't feel if you touch something that is hot, that's, right. that's what it's telling you. If you, fever is an alert of your body to tell you, hey, you got an inflammation or something going on. And so it's, it's a very delicate balance to, to play with those kind of things. But so when you take an Advil or something like that, does it, does it play with, the, with that? And I'm not paid by Advil for this advertisement. <laughs> well, well, so, I mean, NSAIDs, right, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories are, are somehow reducing inflammation. So I think you're right because the glia apparently with the chronic pain is like this inflammatory loop. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that there's, although uh, for people that are, and, and Keenan would know better because with what, four titanium, wow. Um, <laughs> that's incredible. How rock and roll is that again? <laughs> that's amazing, yeah. Um, 
I, I think with chronic pain, that aspirin and, and Advil and all the, the non-steroidal anti, I don't mm-hmm. think they even touch it. Right. Yeah, no, um, I, I will definitely jump in there. So I, when I was injured, um, this was way, way back in the day, uh, like 2003, 2004. And um, I had to have a spinal fusion pretty, pretty rapidly um, during this event. And then um, when you're in the army, <laughs> they are handing out Motrin and 800 milligram tablets. And you're supposed to take like seven of those, eight of those a day. necessary but this was again this was 20 years ago so now as time has gone on most doctors will do everything they can to not give you an nsa or nsaid because it actually does a lot of damage internally to your stomach and to your intestines and other things so there's definitely been a shift outside of that you know one of the first things that i thought of when you said this um is something that's still very prevalent today is the use of a TENS unit, which essentially um, provides an electrical pulse to numb um, a specific nerve group so that you don't feel that pain anymore. But that comes with a lot of issues because if you can't feel the pain, then you're going to fall, right? Or you're going right. <laughs> to something that is going to possibly hurt you more. So this, this is super fascinating to me. And it, I, I'm here to support this. Yeah. All right. So you're, you're, you're the perfect guest in many, many ways because you, <laughs> like you understand what, what this, this advance could, could do for people who, who suffer. Absolutely. And, you know, um, just it's Veterans Day. So I'm going to throw out a Veterans Day thing. You know, yes. most of my veteran friends have chronic pain, um, you know, from a variety mm. of things. And it just, it is what it is. And the point that you made about, you know, oftentimes doctors don't necessarily necessarily believe it. And it's really difficult to get um, get a physician to take an x-ray or to do an MRI. I mean, yeah. they'll put you through months and months of physical therapy first and, 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 and. Um, so this concept is is really fascinating and I think could could definitely kind of change that paradigm and and how veterans and how everybody is kind of dealing with chronic pain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hung on the, the the measurement or lack thereof thing that you mentioned, Dan. It's impossible to measure pain. Yeah. And you know, I was thinking about like a house or something where there might be a small leak of water running down a wall, maybe it crosses a floorboard over to mm-hmm. another wall. And that wall gets moldy. You smell the mold. You don't see the mold. There's a leak. Yeah. How, how do you how do you measure that and then trace it back? And so oh, thinking, yeah. thinking about the nerves now, how how do you measure where the pain is? Mm-hmm. Trace it back to where it's originating, and figuring out how to how to solve it. Because like the tens machine and the Advil, that that's kind of like generally. Well, tens is more focused, but at uh, ibuprofen or things like that are more generalized, right? Let me just numb mm-hmm. things generally. So I'm wondering, it's probably not in the article, but how, how do we get to a point where we can measure something and then figure out the, the trace? Of, can you follow the glia? <laughs> I guess this is the question. Hashtag follow the glia. Follow the glia. Follow the I glia. love that. Yeah. <laughs> and. <laughs> And maybe now that they know that it is the, the glia, maybe they, there can be more research that, that, yeah, does follow the, follows the glia. Because 
at, it's at least you, you don't have to deal with the, oh, it's all in your, your head. And you can say, no, it's all in the glia. Well, <laughs> remember a couple of episodes ago, we spoke about how you can now cure um, very heavy depression with, with ele electric um, impulse, like with, with yeah. the, with, but if you remember, one of the big issues was the mapping of the nerves in the brain where you can actually see what fires up and what doesn't fire. Yeah. And of course, I'm not using mm. medical terminology here with fire, <laughs> but, uh, you know, to, to really see where you want to apply the, the solution. So the, the, the electric shock, which if you think how they try to cure a lot of things back in the days that were like literally electrocuting people. And, and now you're trying to be very uh, you know, specific about where you're applying this and you can be successful in that. So the mapping of this could be the next step of really try to understand the complexity of the brain and, and where these nerves pain fire yeah. so that you can pretty much stop it without stopping everything else. But is it ever going to be possible? We're so complex machine that I don't know. We'll see. You know, I, I've been talking about this for a couple of years, and I'm really disappointed that it hasn't come to fruition yet. But I really want nanobots. I want nanobots yeah. in the next year or two years that can go into my spine and replace my next two vertebrae without four-inch house screws. Can we work, <laughs> somebody work on that, please? I need the nanobots. So when I led the security risk strategies management team at Burton, um, I, we hired Pete Lindstrom, who's one of my favorite analysts. He's over at IDC now. And he kept asking me if he, and he, we actually had on as his bio because he wanted to cover nanotechnology, but that was it. He would just go on and on about all these really cool medical. And I'm like, that's great, Pete, but I don't think anyone's doing it yet. No, so. it's depressing. <laughs> But well, yeah, standards built up in my head from Star Trek, and we are just not making it. <laughs> the, physicians, yeah. the physicians don't want to lose their jobs to the nanobots. Yeah, yeah I just don't think we got the nanobots <laughs> yet. <laughs> we haven't got there yet. <laughs> it's coming. I hope so. Let's see, there'd be some cool tech when we've got the little, yeah, you just send them in. Or like, think about it. They could do heart surgery, like, you know, like clear all the blockages in your arteries. Just go in, like, clean it up. Get on and out. Complicated brain surgery, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it could change the world. And I think it will. In a good All way right, or so a bad that, way. That's it my could. project for next week. I'm going to work on that. Okay. Kenny's going to solve it. Yeah. <laughs> we can get very philosophical on this. Um, you know, like when you, when you accept immortality or look for immortality or you accept your mortality. And technically, you could replace eventually all the parts of the body that are getting old and the cells and, and all of that, and we can probably live forever. And then you're going to have to cut somebody's head to kill it. So the weird thing is, don't our cells turn over and replace themselves? Like I, I, that confuses me, and I guess it's something with like the telomeres and they start giving bad data to the next cells, but it's very strange, right? Because we... They're, I think we're brand new every couple of years, mm -hmm. and yet we age. Well, I think it's because we, we're not able to fully replenish anymore. Or maybe the seller yeah. just like, you know, enough with this shit. 
I've been replicating enough. I'm over. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm done. It's over and over and over. Talking about so repetitive jobs. You've been broken so many times and I'm just tired of fixing you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to something else. <laughs> well, you know, think how much it would resolve uh, space travel. We could live forever. Then we could get places where we just physically cannot go nowadays because we would die not even halfway there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Uh, cool, Sean. What uh, what you got? Trochoid. <laughs> trochoid. Trochoid. Maybe so. it's trochoid. Could be. I, I can't. Oh, tell. oh, good point. Trochad or, or diocrot. <laughs> Crot. If you spell it wrong, backward. I, I didn't look up how to pronounce it, but I'm resolve the resolve trochoid. the mystery. I'm saying it's trochoid, so run with it. So, music to my ears. What's music to my ears, Marco? Uh, your your teeth. Yes, food. <laughs> Breaking food <laughs> and then <laughs> swallowing it. <laughs> eating, eating and drinking food. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, my news is about robotics and food and cooking food with lasers and robots that have been, the food has been 3D printed. Oh. Yeah, right? So mix mix a few things in here. So the the whole thing is that they take, yeah, basically, they, I don't know where the, how the food material, because they don't get into the, where the food materials come from, but the food takes a shape based on the 3D printing, but then it has to be cooked. So they're, they're showing a, a piece of chicken here, and okay. uh, it's, it's not smoked. It is laser cooked, <sighs> and so it's a 3D piece, 3D printed piece of chicken made of something, doesn't say what. Is it, um, oh, we don't know if it's meat or like manifat, like vegan meat or something? Uh, or just plastic it's probably hopefully not plastic, plastic. hopefully yeah <laughs> you <laughs> never know <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm looking through here again i don't see it doesn't say what the chicken <laughs> oh, it's, it's pureed raw chicken there we go and then they then they okay refactor, yeah, okay. refactor it back into a shape that looks like something that will appeal to everybody evidently uh, that is some matrix Right, right. <laughs> That's one bit of technology. Then, so now it's just a raw piece of blob pureed chicken that's been 3D printed, and it's still raw, so it needs to be cooked. So there's a they have this robot that that basically lasers this blob of pureed chicken using trochoidal spiral patterns, which if you Everybody remember, uh, I can't remember the name of the game now, the, the kaleidoscope game where you, you kind of run the run the ring around and it, it starts to go an image that looks like a flower. A little yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a spirograph? Yes, spirograph. There we go. That's what I mean. So, and it, it basically runs over meat with these labels using embedded... Or Mister, to measure the internal temperature of different. Temperatures. You're breaking up. Uh-oh. Is it bad? Yeah, I think 
maybe your other microphone took over. Ooh, let's see. Ooh. Double check. The evil microphone battles. Like the the battle of the Bluetooth. <laughs> no, I'm on. I'm on. Sure. No, I didn't. I'm not. Now on you're good. Bluetooth thing. But for a moment, you were kind interesting. Of yeah. All right. The gremlins have left. The gremlins have left. <laughs> I'm even wired in on uh, on uh, fiber, so you're good now. Can't blame that. So anyway, they this robot lasers this piece of quote unquote chicken and measures the temperature, puts a nice little score mark of uh, making it look like it was cooked in certain spots and not in others. And evidently, taste tests, blind taste tests, uh, say that people preferred this reconstituted 3D printed laser cooked piece of mm. chicken over a real one on a grill. So there you go. Lot, lots of tech here. Um, like wow. I was saying, I'm sure a lot of the uh, hardcore smokers listening to Keenan on this show are probably squirming. Well, that was my first question. You just said grilled, like it's better than grilled. Yeah. Okay, anybody yeah. can grill, but is it better than smoked chicken? Right. <laughs> I don't I think know. they... Uh... Did they say why? Wait, what, Diana, what did you say? Oh, yeah, so there, there are a couple of things that it does no, no. differently. Oh, Diana, yeah, go ahead. What was the question, Diana? I was wondering if they said why, like if they said, oh, it's juicier. <laughs> you know, that's, it's that's like, exactly yeah. my question. I'm like, <laughs> like why would you go through that? Real. Yes, and they, yeah. they do, they do that. Okay. So it, it, it holds roughly two times more moisture. Okay, um, so it is juicier. It is juicier. Nutriment and, probably doesn't kill. Uh, yeah, it talks about uh, holding nutrition and flavor in, mm. and uh, evidently texture is a big part of it. And it, it, yeah, this they, they constant flavor, flavor development is similar. <laughs> reconstituted then laser cooked is 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 a better texture than right. from the bird. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Then are you just not liking chicken anymore? <laughs> I know, but maybe it's for people Actually, like me. <laughs> well, how many uh, chicken nuggets are sold? That's basically, I don't know, they're not using lasers, I don't think. But, but it's definitely not basically chicken. Basically the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> and and they're, they're trying to take away from the, the fact that it's pureed something in the middle by wrapping in some breading or something. So this tries, well, I guess does the same thing just uh, without wrapping and breading, just crisping it with a laser. Is it that pink goo? I'm not promoting this, remind you. I'm just, this is just Before they, they laser cook it, is it that pink goo? Remember when they were showing like the extruded chicken? It does show a pink mm. blob. Yes. Again, all I can think of now is the matrix. We're recycling <laughs> some stuff to create new, I, I don't know. Yeah, kind of like put me back in the matrix where yeah, I can taste the steak. <laughs> exactly. Yep. This always brings me back to any anytime we talk about the future, I always have this thought of we, we create these realities for ourselves that are quote unquote better for some reason. And then we're we're gonna leave the original traditional stuff behind. And Marco, I've said this a million times, we're gonna want the real old tradition yeah. that it's going to become so hard to get that it's we're, 
we're going to pay 10 times as much for something that uh, well aren't, aren't we already doing that i mean it, it makes me laugh sometimes when i think like oh you wanted the good old food the good old style that's yeah. going to cost you more it's organic it's raising the farm yeah. right. as it should thank you very much <laughs> yeah. you know we have to fight we have to right. ruin it i was going to go with the f word uh, to ruin it and then we have to reinvent somehow a way to make it good again um so i don't know i mean i probably there is some advantage. i mean i'm thinking if this could be done with any original uh material so let's say um, diana i think you were going to go Did there you? what if you want to do a vegan right so what what if you want to what if you instead of the pulp of the chicken you start with the pulp of you know Beans. vegetarian and vegan <laughs> Peas, and, yeah. exactly and but then you you shape it I, I don't know this is exactly how you get back to the matrix when they're eating that, <laughs> that golden goo and they don't know what it tastes like it might taste like chicken maybe we just give up eventually on making it look like food <laughs> it's just gooey chicken like substance it's just it's all in your head <laughs> has anybody seen wild turkeys real wild turkeys Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like you look at them and they they look basically like walking food because they're so plump and and beautiful. I mean, I don't, I don't want to eat them, but but like I mean, it, I get why years ago that the the folks local to New England where I live were like, "Mm, turkey." Because you see these like big, beautiful, oh, yeah. gorgeous birds and it's just all meat right there. And then you compare that to the white domesticated, you know, the like sort of like the, they don't have, cause the, the wild turkeys have this beautiful, rich, shiny feathers and, and beautiful colors and kind of iridescent, right? And then like, you see these like kind of ugly you know, turkeys without a lot of color in them and they're misshapen. And it's like, that's what we choose to eat instead of this beautiful, this beautiful, wild turkey we eat this kind of weird it's like yeah we've been doing this for a really long time just making or we go like the opposite direction right where we yeah. try to make the chickens and turkeys look that big and beautiful by drugging the heck out of them yeah yeah <laughs> water it's like i feel like it's like extremist on both sides right like well let's just cut it out entirely or let's just change this this animal from what it it actually is into something that feels yeah. like it should be like Franken version yeah Franken it's version. true because i do i think like a lot of domesticated chickens they can't really walk upright because they've been bred for the because most people like to eat the breast meat so they've been bred right. for the bread and yeah they just can't even That's yeah right. humans are we, we do a lot of weird experiments <laughs> yeah and the big question is why do we do it right yeah. i mean it's just because we can or because we're trying to make things better for us because I question that most of the time. It's all driven by the economy, and that's why you you put chicken in the, in in the farms that are industrial farm instead of mm. raising them the way you're supposed to. So, yeah. big big yeah. big question. At the same times, you need to feed a growing population, and that's the never-ending story. So, yeah, and this one this one doesn't. Uh mention the reason behind i don't think i saw mm. it said this is why we did it the only thing it, it says precisely cooks so the only benefit of this i could see is nobody's gonna 
undercooked their chicken this way. All right. All right. Well, now I feel like I want to go for lunch, but not chicken. No, that's for sure. <laughs> all right. So I got about 10 minutes and uh, my news, it's, it's about music, but it's about technology and music because I'm going to go for a leap into back in time, you know, today in tech history. And this is actually November 1st, the news. And it's when uh, 1954, the Regency TR1, which is the first transistor radio, goes on sale. And the transistor radio for those that are young <laughs> and don't remember those, they kind of look like an iPhone or a, any a smartphone now, a little more fat, more like a boxy, let's say. But it was a big, big revolution because transistors, first of all, are at the core of any electronic that we have today. Uh, people like Wozniak or Bill Gates, they said, many times that without the invention of the transistor, we we wouldn't have probably the computers the way that we have nowadays. But what is cool about the transistor radio is that it helped rock and roll to go mainstream. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever heard of this or if you can think the reason why this, this happened. So there is a part of the technology news in history and a part of the cultural change that that he made so to to drive mm -hmm. new technology to come but also was this it helps this thing that we all here i know for a fact love which is music and the way that we consume it and the way maybe even inspire the walkman and and other portable gadget that then we went on from there but do, do you know why it did help the rock and roll to be, to go mainstream? I, I was wondering that, yeah. Why? Give it a go. Specifically rock and roll, right? Because it's not not yeah. just all music. Yeah. yeah. It was, it think, about, think about rock and roll. When rock and roll came out, you know, it was, you know, the Elvis Presley and... Yes, because they didn't, didn't want to see him shake his hips, so you can only... <laughs> Is it something with like the bass? Because there's a lot of bass involved. No, it's because parents didn't like rock and roll, especially in the UK and in America. And they didn't want the kids to listen to rock and roll. So it was, was kind of it. It was yeah. the evil, right? It was the, the, the wrong message, was the rebellious thing. And so these kids could listen to their own music away from their parents. Um, I've read books about the history of radio where, where teenagers will take, they hide their transistor radio under the pillow and listen <laughs> to it at night. And then the cult of the DJs on the radio and the pirate radio, if you remember the time oh, yeah. when it was outlawed in the, in the UK. And, and it was really like a way to embrace this culture and, and be different from from the parents that didn't want them to to listen to it. So it made a, a really big impact on, on music and on, mm. uh, on the future of technology in general. So the question here is, do, did no. you used to have a transistor radio? 
Yes. Yeah. What are the memories about that? Not good. <laughs> Not good at all. Why? Tell me. By the time, by the time I, you know, was dealing with transistor radios, um, nobody else had them. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not really that useful anymore. Um, but I appreciate that, you know, my my parents and, and my family kept pretty much everything from forever. So I got to experience a lot of different technologies. Um, but again, nobody my age had them. So it was it was really I was like, okay, what is that? Right. Is is that your flip phone? Is that your Motorola flip phone? Yeah. But it, it, it that's funny. I love that you brought this up because, I mean, obviously I wasn't born in 1954 when this came out, but when I look at the history of this and I put myself into the culture of the time, I can see like this was the coolest thing you could have as a kid, as it was the Walkman <laughs> back in the 80s, as it is became you know the cell phone in the in the 90s and i don't know what could be the equivalent now i guess i'm gonna go with uh 3d virtual metaverse goggle (laughs) you know what i mean it's like what's the next thing that is cool right and and where where are we going with this are we making things what does it take to be cool is technology driving what is cool or not I think it's TikTok videos. Oh, but yeah. that's not the media. That's that's the the content. I remember well, that's true. But rock and roll's the content. You know, I mean, like maybe it's not always the tech, because with with you transistor, know. you the basically what it was that the the child was now in control of what they listened to. They didn't have to go to the mm. big radio down. Um, and I actually didn't do a transistor radio. I was like such a weird control freak. I would be at the stereo and and use a cassette tape and record the music I wanted to listen oh, to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but because yeah, the radio, I didn't know what I was getting. Um, but, well, plus but, but the, maybe, the quality of the sound on a transistor is not what you can do. But but I wonder because we do have I've I've thought about that if when I was younger if I had the ability to stream whatever I wanted and you know using Wi-Fi I mean it just seems so much control of of now you get to pick the content because that's really what the transistor was it was the the children got to pick the content they wanted the rock and roll so maybe now they're picking the content and they want TikTok videos I know you know what I think is the equivalent Diana the the fact that you could bring with you this and you were independent in deciding what you wanted to hear and you had this electronic to bring with you so the equivalent for tiktok yeah. is probably to have a camera in your phone that you can carry with you and you can control anytime that you want a camera and, and yeah. a microphone yeah. and create yeah. content anytime that you want because we went from consuming cre- yep. content yep. to create to become creator of content um, yeah. with, with this new technology. So that that's a good point. Good point. I do really think, though, that music has, has been a huge part of that. I mean, if you go to the next level of technology, let's say out of the, the 90s and start talking about the iPod, I mean, can you right. imagine having mm-hmm. to take a big, you know, a CD player or cassette player with you wherever you go? <laughs> You have suddenly this tiny little box that has all of your music on it and you can listen to it anywhere. And then 
combining that with the stuff you guys are talking about, about creating content, I think, I think music often leads people towards technology in various ways. Mm. Very often in history, if you talk about, you know, why the megaphone was made or why the record player was made, um, you know, these are really interesting technologies that were totally pushed by music, but uh, absorbed for other things, for other um, types of creativity, right? Music and pornography driving technology. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he, he, he driving is, music. I remember a story just quickly. My my yeah. father uh, telling me he, he used to put his record player in the back. I think it was an Impala he had. And, uh, <laughs> the back of the Impala would be his record player. That that was, that was his means to uh, entertain himself and the guests in his car with uh, music. That is the most OG. That's awesome. Right? That I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> amazing that's, that's pretty cool but cool. you know th this is could be an example of what you know kind of what you said like how different different generation they get inspired by what they have and and then they use it the way they want because the people that invented and of course as well bell lab right they invented everything mm -hmm. so they they, they <laughs> <invented> the transistor <laughs> and they invented the tube before that and all of that but anyway so the, the story that I found is uh, Roger McGuinn, which is, was the, from the, the leader of the birds, he, he gives this, this interview back in the days where he said that really the transistor radio when, was a gift given to him when he was 13. And, you know, he heard Elvis on the radio and he was a game changer. And then his next birthday, he got a guitar mm. and... To put the two things together, he was inspired to to do music, and so you know, in a way, to 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 be in control of this technology can inspire people. Not everybody's going to be the front man of the birds, but um, mm -hmm. but I'm sure a lot of kids nowadays they they become great cinematographer because they can play around with their magnificent camera on the on a smartphone without having to spend a million dollar on on huge camera and know how to, yeah. to use it. And uh, I mean, it's, it's all there, you know, it's like, I mean, Keenan, talk about music. It, yeah. I, I just, I, I was going to go a different direction, but the fact that we <laughs> have blockbuster uh, movie directors who literally shoot yeah. on their iPhone. I mean, that just, that's insane. When you think about the amount of equipment that is normally, you know, required for that, it's just, it's unbelievable. And back to the music side, you know, I remember um, when I was at the Cotton Club, they still had the old, old um, microphone that like Billy, um, uh, not Billy Idol, sorry, I just saw him in concert. Billy Chris Holiday. <laughs> Billy Holiday. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> that she used to sing on. And the reason that they still had it is because the audio quality is, is unmatched oh, yeah. even by, you know, some of the technologies we have today. So each of us are talking on our microphones because we do podcasts and, and they're pretty good, but they're nothing like this, this beast of a microphone that they had back mm. then. So I think that we often see leaps when it comes to technology. <laughs> um, and some of them are for the better, but some of them aren't. Sometimes the, the original concept or the original idea is the best one. And by trying to make it compact and easy and for everybody to use, we lose a lot of the value. 
Mm. Totally agree. As a, as a matter of fact, when you look at the va the the valve or the, the the vacuum tube, compare with the transistor, there is people that still use for electronic music and amps. They, oh, yeah. they still say Bye. that the, the vacuum. It's uh, you living? Okay, she went. <laughs> Diana's <laughs> gone. She had a hard uh, stop. So yeah, the, there is the the there is the convenience versus the quality of the sound and you know the big speaker compared with i don't know it's like i don't know that good example is the headphones right mm -hmm. i mean i have a really good pair of headphones that are wireless and i have a really good one that is three times better that is wired because it's gonna be better there's no questions about it yeah it kind of um it just kind of skelly last thoughts i think that it makes me sad sometimes that the the next several generations that are coming out will never truly know kind of the origin of the devices that they're using and they will never know that better side of it, right? Um, just like when I was growing up, I had a record player and I had all my 45s and I had all my, mm -hmm. my good stuff and oh man, it's just the sound is just yep. unbelievable. And I remember when I got my first boom box and I was like, this is weird. <laughs> it sounds funny. Um, but the way technology is right now, all of those kind of older technologies when it comes to music specifically are, are just not around anymore. So a, a lot of generations are not going to get to appreciate the difference between the, the greatness of a record uh, or, you know, uh, the mic at, uh, at the Cotton Club because they have everything that they can and they learn everything via Bluetooth, via Wi-Fi, via their phone. And why would they need anything else? But, but what, what do you think if they compare? If they're given the chance to compare, you think they would appreciate it? I don't. And the reason is that they've grown up in, in a society where Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, microphones and and uh, earphones and watches and everything pretty much run um, in perfect digital bliss right mm. <laughs> but um, if you haven't experienced you know a, a good record a great record if you haven't experienced Sam Cook on a record player like a really good one um, then you you can't understand that because to you it will sound um, crackly or it will sound right. It will sound like it may or may not be the right um, tempo or all of these technical flaws the digital world takes care of. But it, listening to it in retrospect, I mean, those were the things that kind of made it amazing in mm -hmm. addition to, um, you know, just general sound quality. Yes. And that goes up and down the, the creative wow. stack from, uh, from vocals to instruments yeah. to all the different tracks and how you mix them together and the mastering and yeah. everything and then the yeah. records over time also they kind of wear oh yeah too too much perfection could yeah. be could be an imperfection if I, I, if you want to think that way like i i like a clean sound but i also love vintage radios and i just love to tune them in and and if there is a little bit of what you said the crackling in the mm, in the yeah. vinyl i i i enjoy the little white noise 
in the back of in the background of a of radio from the music that you hear on an old radio. So you know, Marco, you just touched on something that I think is a broader kind of societal problem. Um, too much perfection is too much perfection. <laughs> uh, <laughs> too much. And and I feel like, you know, as we continue down this path of, of growth and technology, we are aiming for perfection in, in the digital world. We're aiming for perfection. And I think that's something that's been kind of lost over some generations is it's not about it being perfect because human beings are not perfect. We're never going to be perfect. Um, so this, this aspiration that everything that we listen to and create and move and touch has to be perfection is not cool, man. Like it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I know. I I, I just love when uh, it, a guitar is terribly distorted, like Jack White. Oh yeah. You know, I, I just was listening last night to his new uh, new uh, single, and it just like it sounds like he's just playing it on a I don't know on a very old amp and and a guitar oh, that he Jimmy, broke. Jimmy Hendrix. He, oh my yeah. gosh, he like he like paved the way for distortion and rock and roll and it was beautiful it was creative it was new Um, i don't know and he was unperfect completely unperfect yeah but in that he was perfect exactly who defines that anyway right i do yeah yeah sean (laughs) you do was this show perfect for you sean uh right up until it wasn't I think the imperfection made it perfect. So yeah, the imperfection uh, and then the comment of how imperfection creates perfection made it perfectly imperfect. And with that, I think we can play some music and say goodbye and invite everybody to join us on the next episode. That will be as per usual on Thursday, noon Pacific Standard Time. And wherever you are, you can listen to it at any time that you like on our podcast. And uh, that's it. I say play the music, Sean. Yep. Peace out, everybody. Love it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Keenan. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure optimize and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Through the Tech Vine podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Thank you.